I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And like always, we have the freshest of guests for you. The guest for this episode is lead vocalist Jesper from the Danish metalcore outfit Ghost Iris. They just released their latest full-length album, Comatose, via Long Branch Records. During our conversation, we talked about the movies he's currently watching, the making of Comatose, the recording process. Going back to old ideas, what they did better on this album, how he writes and collaborates with his bandmates, the music he listens to currently, his hip-hop background, and the music scene out there in Denmark. So, after a quick word from our sponsor, let's get into this interview with Jesper from the Danish metalcore band, Ghost Iris. Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In the world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to the Freshest of Word podcast, and like always, we have the freshest of guests for you. And joining me today is Jesper, the the vocalist for the the band, the metalcore band Ghost Iris. They're from Denmark. They got a new album out called Comatose, and yo, it's a killer album. Uh, so hey, uh, let's uh, get into talking, man. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, the weekend just began. Uh off work and all that good stuff and uh, there's some ice cream in the fridge i'm gonna enjoy later while watching a good movie so all right great i can't complain nice nice what movie is gonna watch uh i'm gonna well i'm i'm a big movie nerd and uh, my girlfriend is very much not a movie nerd so uh, i tend to find movies that i either know or do not know and then we you know we go into them and you know in this case it's going to be slumdog millionaire uh, that uh, Danny Boyle uh, classic, I would almost call it now. So yeah, we're gonna watch that one. I haven't watched it in years, and she's never watched it. So, so we're gonna check that one out. What's some of your favorite like uh, genres of movies? You know, what's like the stuff that you go into when you don't even know what you want to watch? Oh, you mean if I'm like looking for a specific genre when I? Yeah, yeah, you like, like you movie know, searching. Yeah. yeah, what's your favorite stuff? You know, what's your favorite genre, man? I really, really enjoy uh, like science fiction, but uh, I mean, okay, so which kind of kind of science fiction? I like the what they call like like dubbed it as science nonfiction. You know, like movies that are technically 
science fiction, but they're nonfiction in the in the sense that they they could potentially happen in a way, you know. So, uh, but that more like realistic types, um, like uh, the movie Arrival with uh, oh, what's her name? I forgot the name now. <laughs> but the Arrival movie that came out like four or five years ago, uh, loved that one. I love Alien and Aliens, the two first uh, right. Ridley Scott and James Cameron classics. Uh, loved Terminator, it's great as well. Predator, that type of stuff. But I also like more, um, more uh, I would say more complex mi- movies that make you think. Right. Specifically, there's like a, a really a gem from uh, I don't even know when it's like from 2010 or before uh, called Cube, like a Canadian movie. Okay. It's like I don't know if you heard about that one. It's like super low budget. It's like these people they wake up in these well rooms, cube shaped <laughs> as yeah. a room normally is, and uh, there's like portals or doors on the on the attic, uh, the ceiling, and all four sides. And there's like traps in the rooms, and they don't know how they got in there. We we're never told how they got in there either. So, super's like, what is going on? But a uh, very interesting all the way through. Super low budget movie, but great. Yeah, it's like the crazier this world gets, some of these science fiction uh, movies become realer and realer as time goes on. Oh yeah, <laughs> Black Mirror, for example, a Sublime series from uh, uh, is it Netflix? Uh, the Black Mirror series. Yeah, which is creepy. Because that's like proper science nonfiction. Because a lot of it could probably happen. With the, especially, do you remember the social credit score, which is already present in China right now? Yeah. So, which is like, what? What is this? It's 1984 or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, like you know, the, the story. Yeah. Like the shit that like scares me the most. Like, it actually goes back to like um, science fiction books. Is um. All the stuff that Octavia Butler uh, wrote, like uh, Parable of the Sower and stuff like that. Like, if you ever read those books... I don't books, know that. I don't know that. What well, are if they you about? ever read those books, they'll scare the shit out of you because it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, this could happen. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And it was, it was supposed to be, like, science fiction. And Octavia Butler was, like, the first black science fiction writer and uh-huh. to, like, ever become popular or anything. And like some, I still think about things from that, you know, from those books. I, I read one. I I read a parable of the sower. I got through like half of it, and I needed a, I had to stop, and like gather myself, you know, and to read the rest <laughs> oh. of it, because I was like, man, like this could happen, man, and it, it just, it's it just crazy. It's, it's can can you give like a brief uh, a brief uh, summary of what it's um, about? All through, it's like all through, um, all through the United States, things um, just kind of went downhill. There's like, um, there's these people who are just really high off of like some sort of drug, and they they set arson, like they they set fires and stuff. So like all the people who actually can afford to, they have to like protect their community, and they have like, um, you know high fences and they have to have security guards but you also have to if you want the police's help you have to pay for the police like a service oh really and okay. people <laughs> okay i never thought about that <laughs> yeah and you there's a lot of things where you and then a lot of people are trying to move into places that have like less rules and the only people that can have any sort of safety are the rich so it's like it's it's so like crazy. It sounds a lot like the world right now. Yeah, but it's amped like it's like amped up like a thousand yeah, percent, and you're like, 
uh, I don't want to go outside. <laughs> well, you, well, we're used to not going outside the past 13 months, aren't we? So, right, right. Well, that's whole thing, like, stay home and be afraid. And, oh, my God. Like, I don't let that stuff get to me, though. I've, I, have, I, have, I have not been afraid in this time at all. I'm also not elderly or, or fragile in that sense. So, uh, But both two of the, the guys from my band have actually had the COVID, so... Uh, one of them, the drummer, he he said he felt like he just got a week off. He didn't, you know, he didn't feel anything at all. And the other guy, the guitarist, he uh, he felt pretty bad. He's like rehabilitating his sense of smell and yeah. um, and taste right now. He says the way he explained it was, you know, he told me like, you know, if I'm drinking a beer or something, trying to enjoy a good beer, it's like. It tastes like a beer, but it doesn't taste like a beer. I remember what it's supposed to taste like, but it tastes like something else. Something like that. That's how he explained it. Right. Which is like, what? It's so strange. He's, he's got like a small kit from the doctors with these four um, glass, small glass containers with uh, like some super pungent, like there's a cinnamon one and some other types of, you know, in that in that vein, really pungent uh, yeah. smells which is supposed to rehabilitate, you know, the, the nerve endings between his sense of smell and taste in his brain or something. It's like, what? All of that from a, from a damn virus that's supposed to be like a flu or something? <laughs> like what? Well, I mean, yeah. Crazy. This is where we are now. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the effects that, you know, this virus had yeah. on people. It's different for everybody. Yeah. Where are you at? Where are you located at? Um, I'm in, uh, I'm in the States. I'm in uh, Mi- Detroit, Michigan. Mm. Oh, Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, because I've been speaking to uh, at least two others uh, during these this interview run. Uh, they were in New York City. You know, I've been hearing a lot about that, and it was pretty bad there. And a lot of the lockdown was like really locked down. <laughs> I we're, don't know if it's been like that in, in Michigan. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I felt like our um, our officials were doing a good job with locking people down and everything. But then, uh, like, you know, crazy militant get dudes, like, stormed the Capitol. And then also, uh, oh, yeah. um, here in Michigan, they stormed the Capitol, like, and um, oh, really? they, had, and they had plans to uh, kidnap and uh, murder the, the governor. So, um, and That's then, like a coup. Yeah, and then after <laughs> that, um, you know, like, after a while, like, some of, um, even though she was doing a good job, Governor Whitmer, shout out, she was doing a good job of keeping the uh, the cases down. You know, she got stripped of a lot of powers to be able to regulate things like that. And uh, mm-hmm. our, uh, our uh, COVID cases have gone through the roof the past couple of months. And now mm-hmm. we're, like, the, the leader in COVID cases in the, oh, really? in the U.S. So... Huh. Yeah, it's it's so it's so nuts, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I got my first vaccine like just a couple of days ago. You know, when we we're recording this, um, okay. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to get the second one. But yeah, it's kind of nuts here. Uh, yeah. But but at the same time, they're slowly starting to open up more stuff. So it's just like, yeah, the economy is kind of uh, like bleeding and suffering pretty much, right? It's I mean. Right, we need exchange right. of services out of you know to keep this this model we have. You know, but at the same time, is like we don't got enough workers too to yeah, uh, to yeah. keep some things open. Like yeah. like the like the post office will just close at random times because they don't have someone to uh to work a really? shift or whatever. 
Okay, that's that's interesting because I I work in I work in a, at a company. I do like customer service for a company, and I'm in touch with the with the U.S. a lot with the, specifically FedEx, and there's yeah. been a lot of trouble. Maybe that explains something. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. trouble FedEx is having sometimes. Because, yeah, like especially yeah. like the delivery like services. Yeah. yeah, they have. Yeah, there's a lot. They're having you know trouble with staffing. You know, so it's yeah. it, it, it it that's that's kind of crazy. But yeah, then a lot of other like. Uh, you know, professions just have like problems with staffing and stuff because yeah. um, there's still a lot of people sick and whatnot. And oh lot, yeah, of course, lot that's of, the whole essence of the lockdown, right? Is yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Make sure man. that people don't get too sick because if they're sick, they can't work. So yeah, yeah, but and if they're continuously sick, then who's gonna run everything? <laughs> but then again, like yeah. here in the states, they've never you know thought that way to begin with. You know, you're all like. If you can, if you can drag your bones to work, then you can go to work. <laughs> so I think I think it's I think it's like that most places actually. It's like, well, nah, I'm not. Well, at my my workplace is very very nice actually, and they're they're like, are you sick? Even before the pandemic, it's like, are you sick? Yeah, I'm gonna have a headache. Go home. Right. Okay. Don't worry, you'll get your money. Just go home. Very nice. Very spoiled. That's that's that, yeah. That is very spoiled. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they they it is right. Welcome to Denmark. We're very spoiled spoiled in Denmark. Uh, but it's um, yeah. They take good care of their uh, employees. And they just gave us one more week week of uh, vacation, even like oh. paid vacation, on top of what we're already supposed to have according to you know, the law, or whatever, and stuff in Denmark. So yeah, very very nice. So more you know, tours, more tours, probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to spend it on a tour. <laughs> so after, um, you know, having some very good acclaim for your for the last album, Apple of Discord, you know, what, what were you guys sort of going into with, uh, you know, making comatose? And how did that, you know, how did that really go during this pandemic? I mean, we, we actually started uh, writing uh, way before the pandemic. It's always, you know, like an ongoing process. We even now we're still already gearing up for, you know, the next. We're always ahead of schedule in that way. We're always preparing for the next release because, uh, especially in these times with no shows, you know, you you have to really stay on top. Yeah, and a lot lot of lot, a lot of metalcore bands and stuff like that. They kind they kind of put out albums like on a frequency. Like you guys have been doing it every two years, you know. Yeah, and a Almost lot of metal bands month, do actually, that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. like there's. You'll look at the discography and it'll be like two, 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 you know, yeah. between albums. You know, there's like that frequency. Very much. It's been completely like that almost to the month. This time, it's actually the first time we've not released in February. It's been February 15, 17, and 19. <laughs> and this time around, I'm not even kidding. That's if you go back and check out the dates, right. not the exact same date, but the same month to the month. So, um, but this time it's going to be May. But, uh, yeah, the your question was again. Sorry. Oh, you know what did you you know what did you, like going into making this album? What was sort of like the mm. mood of the band and whatnot? Like you know what did you want to you know you got so much uh, good acclaim from the last album. You know what did you want to you know build upon from that? Oh yeah, like that. Uh, we um, I mean in the writing comatose, we we had uh, the mindset of we wanted to make something that was more. Um, I guess palatable, more simplified riffs, you know, like less is more kind of thing. Uh, more simple riffs, more hardcore inspired riffs. Uh, so, 
so they it would also go over even better live so it's not so much you know noodling on the guitar which we've had some of before which we still have a little bit but not so much at all though uh so we want to make more live friendly music as well yeah so we could really you know pack a punch and uh, mosh pits and you know kicking ass and all that stuff yeah so uh, that, that that's mostly the the mentality uh but otherwise when we write it's it's mostly what we also if it's good it's good you know we we don't care if it has got like some weird ass element we're still like yeah still cool sounds yeah. good <laughs> so let's let's use that you know we usually write uh, like around double the amount of songs we're going to release so if we're uh, intending to write uh, an album with 10 songs we actually do 20 and we pick we like handpick the 10 best so uh, do you go back to any of those uh, ones that you don't use for like the next record sometimes sometimes there's always like the, there's always like the odd riff where it's like yeah this song as a whole is not particularly good being honest but, but there's those elements riff, of it that are like really dope and you're like yeah you know that's you know let's break apart this thing and make it something yeah. new we've done that uh not a lot of times but we've definitely done it before because if if a riff is, is good and the song around the structure around it is not the best then you still like don't throw that away yeah. at least you know recycle use it yeah you still have a hot riff <laughs> if it's dude. good it's good right yeah, yeah. exactly no it's crazy yeah. is on this new album and there's like sound effects or whatever that you guys have on this record that sound like shit in my apartment. Like on on <laughs> on Paper Tiger, there's there's a sound that sounds exactly like my apartment ringer. And literally the first time I, actually the first two times I listened to it, I jumped out to go uh, to go answer my <laughs> ringer, and I was like, wait a minute. I know exactly what you mean. I know what you mean. It's like, uh, yeah, but what is it? Now that I think back, I'm, I'm going to say like it's a sample of somebody screaming or something. And then we did something uh, weird digital on top of that. But it's like that really high pitched. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you listen to it on headphones, it goes from one to the other. Like, uh, yeah. like if you're driving past somebody like that kind of thing, right? No, so, actually, uh, it's, it's something else, but it, I'm, it's hard to describe it. But yeah. it's, it sounds like my my apartment ringer. So yeah, the first two times I heard it, I went and answered my uh, my my ringer <laughs> to see if there was someone at the door, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh shoot, that was in the song, man!" And it still gets me though. I know it's there, and I'm like, <laughs> it still gets me. Not on purpose. <laughs> And I love it. I love it. I love it. That's the one thing I love about this this album. When I was, I'm like, there's all these like, and you're saying these like little weird little nuances about it, little sound effects, and that, and but at, at the same time, everything is so simple that you can kind of, kind of really grab onto everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we um, I mean, all those extra details they always they're added at the end because first is like guitars, drums, bass, and vocals, and then we sit around for a few days afterwards like to round it up we've done that on all, all the albums and they were, they were like mm, listening through them again and again like all guys in the band the producer even maybe like a friend or two or something sitting around listening and then we're like oh, okay and then he pulls up stuff all his weird samples and all that and we try <laughs> to play around it's really fun <laughs> it's a lot of fun to do <laughs> and you end up with uh, something that sounds like your uh, your your ringer in your in your home. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you know when you're starting to make an an album like Comatose, like what what is sort of like the first things you guys do? You know, who brings what to the table? Well, it's it's all like ex- exclusively. I was about to say. I mean, it's always been ever since the beginning. Nicholas, the guitarist, he writes the riffs. He's like the main songwriter. You know, he's the 
sometimes too many cooks in the kitchen uh, doesn't always work. Um, sometimes it does, but uh, he he writes the riffs and uh, and then he he programs some like simplistic drums, you know, just to have like a reference. And then yeah. Sebastian, the drummer, he programs some proper drums, like what he would want it to be, what he feel like he could play and whatever he put his touch on it. And then Nicholas and I, we sit down with the lyrics that I've written completely independent of the music. It's just been, you know, what came to mind and what I was feeling that day or, or a thought, whatever. And then we sit down and we write like flows and, and melodies and all that for, uh, for the instrumentals that they those two guys made so that's that's always how we've done it actually we just sit down with like a computer like a laptop in the rehearsal space with the crappy mic that's built in uh that you, of course you're listening through this uh, lovely customer service headset that i've got on yeah <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds way better but but the you know the built-in microphone and then we just sit with like a basic uh, audio program and have the tracks and and we just record into the microphone. Just like we don't even like do the proper screams or anything. We just do like a spoken word or like a melody. We sing it in falsetto, like really softly, the yeah. melodies we want. And then later on, we record demos. And then we take it to the studio. That's how we do it. <laughs> so, you, yeah. So you just get the idea down like in your own yeah. like sort of comfortable space. Yeah. It's a reference, yeah, for, yeah. for what we, we're going to do. So we can remember it because otherwise it would just like go away probably. When you're just sitting down writing lyrics, what are you referencing? Just like, is there like a simple, like just metalcore beat that you're you're going through, or are you just like putting words down to a paper? I have to say, a lot of times I'm probably listening to some sort of music. I don't necessarily register what I am listening to, but it's more like a vibe or a feel. And then I'm, I've been watching, I guess, some videos during the day, and and have a thought about, you know, because you know. How many thoughts pass through our heads in a day is like thousands, right? Uh, and then I just, uh, it's not necessarily dependent on the music, but it's just like the, the vibe and the, the thought, and then it becomes like words in some strange way. How much, you know, how much of a change does it go from like those words that you write by yourself to like when you're sitting down and kind of like figuring out those melodies? It actually stays not 100% the same because sometimes it's like a weird phonetic thing with the words and it doesn't really fit and you know blah 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 all these things and then we change the word like use synonyms and all that yeah. but the overall message is still retained 100% so it's not it's not too bad so yeah so by now like when you're writing you 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 kind of have like a a rhythm in your head about how to write without having actual music there to to, yeah. to reference it to yeah so it's, but it, the, the lyrics are always just written, and then later on, I will have the music, and then I can take all that and make it work to the to the music. That's our way of doing it. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing. I mean, other bands probably do it other ways, but uh, I don't, I don't think I could do it any other way. That's your way, man. <laughs> That's your way, doing, and it yeah, works, baby. Yeah, we've always been doing. Yeah, we've always <laughs> been doing, I mean, apparently it, it works. Here we are. We're talking right, from man. the other side of the world, so I guess it's working. Yeah, man. People. <laughs> People love, you know, people love your records, man. So it's working. Thank you. <laughs> where do you, you know, when you're writing, uh, where do you pull from for ideas and stuff like that? You know, like what is like the songs on Comatose about? It's a lot about, I mean, Comatose, that, that word in itself, you're, you're, you're in a coma. It's like, I feel, I feel like I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not anti-vaxxer. I'm not anti-mask or, or anything, but I also feel like, uh, nothing, nothing is above scrutiny, right? 
Right, right. Everything deserves to be scrutinized, even kings, queens, presidents, and leaders yeah. of tribes or whatever. Nobody's above scrutinies. And I feel like people need to question what they see and consider what they're told. Like, don't take anything for granted. Of course, I mean, depends on what the subject is, but in more serious subject matters, I think you should always think it through and just, don't just believe what you hear. Always do your research before you latch on to something. Right, right. Also, in, within a lot of movements, I feel like, you know, like it, it can quickly become an echo chamber. I even know, like, a, a, a more innocent example, or not silly, but more, yeah, innocent example is like, let's say we're sitting, the four guys and ghost stars, we're sitting in the rehearsal space, and one of the guys say, Oh, dude, have you heard the new, um, have you heard the new Thy Artist Murder or something, their new album? And they're like, and then the next one says, yeah, it's great. And I'm, and I'm like, and then the third person says, yeah, it's great. And then I'm sitting there, but I don't, in my heart, I, I'm not a big, I'm not the hugest fan, you know, whatever, music is subjective. Yeah. But then I feel like, okay, now it's like peer pressure. It's like an echo chamber. Yeah, Everybody yeah. likes it. And we're pack, am- pack animals. It's a pack mentality. So I should probably just go along and say that I like it as well. Yeah, but so you don't have to I, deal with that conflict, and there's like sometimes you got to pick yeah. the battles and stuff like that. When yeah, yeah that's what that's what's happening these days is that there's like that absolute matter. Like if someone says someone, like if you don't agree with some someone, it's either you agree with me or not, you know. And there's only like there's only like a few things where it's just like okay, we can. Yeah. yeah. If you disagree with me on this shit, then. Um, get the fuck out of here but yeah. other things but, but a lot of things can yeah like you say be scrutinized and everything yeah. and it should be you know even if you have like a even if like you're 99 percent sure about your whatever and believe what everybody's saying and whatnot and believe and believe that everybody's telling you the truth on that yo it can still be scrutinized you know because yeah, of course like to me, that's like, you, you know, you're, it's always a learning experience. You might not know something. There might be something you don't know about in that particular topic, whether good or bad, you know, that you might learn, you know, you might, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of knowledge out there. There is. And it, like you say, it's, it's a lear- it's like a learning curve and you learn every day of your life, right? You, I mean, even on your deathbed, you probably still don't know everything at all, but at right. least you've become way smarter than you were when you were like a teenager or something right um but there's yeah, a lot of people too that like they don't they don't they don't like change you know and they don't like learning yeah. stuff and yeah. they they don't like the research and they like kind of take yeah. whatever's kind of spoon fed to them and yeah. that's what like powerful people want is that people yeah. will just you know accept these things you know and looking back when i was going looking back when you're growing up and maybe it's the same for you you think about all the things that were like where people will say well that's just how it is and you look back and you're like yo those people are mad cowards yo <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah like when you think about all some right. messed up shit that like like that's just how it is you're like wow that's a cowardly uh position to take yeah. So I'm glad, you know, I'm glad like just for me and other people that, you know, that there's like accountability, you know, starting to happen in regards to things. And yeah. like you said, things, you know, things can be scrutinized, but it's when those people that are like, it's either this or that, you know, that kind of like mess up things. For sure. It's um, but also what we're like, like you said, with um with this, if you're talking to somebody and that you don't necessarily agree on something, there's some, some like really etched things that you probably, if you don't, can't agree on it, you probably shouldn't talk. You know, you 
probably should just go your separate ways. Yeah. But there are more uh, more innocent things like music, like oh, oh, you don't like Metallica? I fucking love Metallica. I can't talk to you ever. Or the the, the generic Slayer fan, you don't like Slayer? Fucking Slayer's life, bro. Yeah, and then you, it's like sometimes you, know, you gotta I, like it, ne- it. Never did much for me. You know what right. I mean? And then and then they're like, I can't talk to you ever. It's like grow yeah. up you know like sometimes <laughs> you gotta you gotta thing. like read their body language to see if this yeah. is an argument that you want to get into like do i ha- exactly. is, this, is it important enough to me to get into this argument is this person yeah. going to give me shit for saying that i don't like iron maiden or something like that yeah like, is it is i this... know they're like the legends and classic and everything but whatever man music is subjective yeah it's like it's i don't want to have me, a discussion man. about it <laughs> It's not for me, man. Nobody's like, no one's yeah, ever totally. strong. No one's ever forced me to like anything, you know, and yeah. they ain't going to start now, man. And, and there's no end result with music. It's not like two plus two is four. That's just fact. That's math. That's music is, is, is like, like, yeah, like dust, you know, it's like, yeah. And, and for me, <laughs> man, there's, there. there's a lot of stuff that I love that, that gets hated on a lot. And I'm like, it's the same, same thing. thing. I'm just like, yo, baby, I love that shit. You know, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I, I have to admit, though, I have, I have personally, uh, I do have uh, guilty pleasures. I realize that some music that I listen to, like, this is pretty bad. I should get that, but man, I love it. Wait, what's your guilty? Okay, first <laughs> off, I don't believe in guilty pleasures because I like take okay. all responsibility for anything that I love, and I, I will oh. say I love them. But what's a guilty pleasure of yours? First, before I answer, I know what you mean, but I can see like objectively i could see why some people would say it's yeah, this is pretty uh, ugh, i know i understand no, mediocre yeah, i totally whatever. understand that too and you know silly specifically i understand why people think attila is silly for example the the yeah party party deathcore band whatever you right. call them like southern they got like a southern twang to them as well yeah like a bluesy rock and roll weird and like going on top as well, trap rap like, sort of thing. Yeah, like, trap that's crazy. rap and, and and the lyrics are, I mean, are ridiculously stupid. They're so crappy. It's like awful. <laughs> see how many fucks you could put in there. I know it's stupid, but I think it's the whole feeling around. It's like it's like a party thing. It's like oh, yeah, and I understand why people up. love that. You know, and yeah, there's been times when people want to have fun. People I've seen them fun. live. I've listened to the records, yeah, and I'm like, yo, if they're on stage, I'm partying, man. I yeah. might I might not put them in my like my top ten or anything bands of the year or whatever, but if they're on yo, stage, yo, I'm yeah, I might stick around and party. Yeah, I mean, I've, I watched them uh, yeah in Denmark some years ago and it was great. It was fun and you could see everybody was having a great time. Everybody was having fun. You could just see it on their face, moshing and everything it was great. But uh, yeah, I realized that they're you know it's not like poetic uh, like Shakespeare level type of lyrics and uh, I mean they can play and everything and yeah. Fr- Chris uh, Fronsack he's uh, actually a very good vocalist uh, depending on I mean no matter if you like his the fact that he uses OnlyFans and he's making a lot of money on money on OnlyFans and all this uh, other there's, stuff there's that always those bands where people kind of make yeah. fun of them but if you go and break down like the 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 musicians in the band. There's like incredible musicians. Like Winger was a, like a band like that. Um, like the uh, the '80s band Winger. I don't think I know them. Oh yeah, this but is okay. okay. Winger was they had this song called Seventeen, which now is kind of problematic. She's okay. only seventeen, you know. <laughs> but and they were kind of corny when you listen to the music. But like they're the the. 
their drummer, their guitarist and everything are incredible like musicians. Like yeah. there's stuff like that that's all you always have those bands where it's just like, yo, yeah. this shit's kinda dumb, but if you actually break it down, like they got like there's there's things in that in that band, whatever, that are very high quality, very you know, very incredible, you know? And but it's also I think oftentimes the the breaking point is the lyrics. Yeah. Because lyrics can make or break it, right? Because you can do like super serious music and then throw some ridiculous like you know like steel panther type yeah. stuff i mean their music is kind of silly because it's like all copied from 80s bands but it's fine yeah that, like that's their shtick you know they're like yeah, they're, that's not, their stick, yeah. they're not trying to be yeah. like they're not trying to no, be no. take that seriously they're there that no. for what it is it's a co- comedic type yeah it's thing. it's like yeah. entertainment like it's yeah. it's like a gimmick it's it's entertainment but but like i agree but but like uh yeah, like when you have super serious music and they throw on top of it like like super ridiculous, silly lyrics, that can like make or break it, I guess. Yeah, there's sometimes when you, yeah. you'll see you'll hear those like, yeah, those like really super serious like metal bands or like symphonic metal bands or whatever, and they'll yeah. like, and you're like, yo, this is kind of cool, but then you start listening to your lyrics and you're like, yeah, this is kind of corny, man. <laughs> but, I and I, on. I mean. I all respect to the people who can write the corny lyrics. I think I don't think I could take myself seriously if I tried to do it. But I think, but I think, <laughs> I think, I I think when it comes into metal, dude, there's so many like yeah. people kind of joke about all like the um, subgenres of metal and stuff like yeah. that. But as for me, coming from uh, like a hip hop background, um, mm-hmm. the problem with hip hop is that hip hop and rap are all under the same umbrella a lot of times. So um, it, it leads to a lot of can fusion about what you are what you are who your uh your fan base is who to go after um just in discussions i can be like yo i like hip-hop and to me that means like wu-tang clan and mob deep but then you ask the same person that and it's like drake and it's like two different that's two different types of music you know oh yeah, yeah so that's why i like that's why i like in metal and stuff like that that there is these sub genres and stuff like that because you can at least you know understand the type of people that are going to like that stuff you know and you might like a lot of different stuff you you might be a fan of a lot of those genres but you can you know at least understand why they like them you know that's why like you'll never you know you'll never have like attila in iron maiden iron maiden doing a show together you know because they make two (laughs) different types of uh of heavy music you know metal yeah two very different types of metal yeah for sure they do (laughs) It's funny you say you're from a have a hip hop background. Actually, the when I think back, it's it's really really funny. I, I'll tell a short story of how right. I got into like got into rock uh, metal stuff. Oh, I was gonna it ask was, you uh, that anyways, man. So like, yeah. Oh, you are. Oh, great. <laughs> I was gonna great. ask you how you got into music anyway. So like, yeah, this yeah. is perfect. Yeah, tell your hip hop story. I'll tell my hip hop and metal story actually. Um, I remember it, I was uh, I must have been 11 or 12 I'm gonna say something around there and in school there was a kid that he was Iranian I don't recall if he, if he was a fugitive or if his parents came here came to Denmark for work whatever uh, a great uh, Iranian kid and um, he came to school he barely spoke Danish he was starting to learn it and all that and uh, he was wearing a Metallica t-shirt I believe it was the Reload album because that fits. It was around 97, 96. Yeah. They released Load and Reload, I believe it was. So yeah, it was around now. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and he was wearing that T-shirt. I thought, oh, like what is? It? I found out later what the artwork is supposed to be. You know, it's like like semen kind of thing. <laughs> I thought it was fire. It looked like fire to me. So I was like, whoa, it's Metallica fire. And it was. I found out it was semen later on. Great. I was twelve years old. What do you expect? But I like. <laughs> uh, he was wearing that one day. Super colorful T-shirt, black with very colorful printing on it. And then the other day, he was wearing. A Tupac T-shirt, the I believe uh, the one where he's sitting hunched over a chair and doing the the West Side. Uh, yeah, all eyes on me. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Exactly. So he was wearing those, and I, you know it's probably something I make up in my mind, but I feel like he was wearing those like every other day. Only those two T-shirts all the time. That was like me in probably. middle school, man. <laughs> that was me at my dead age. <laughs> but it was. It's actually when I think about it, it's it's. We, so we listened to. I was like, you know, I approached him and all that, you know kids and boys having fun and all that. And I said to him, like, those T-shirts, like, what is that? I already knew, kind of knew it was music, but still it was like, yeah, listen, we had like a CD player in the in the back of the classroom that everybody wanted to be on all the time. So like, I have my CD, now we're going to listen to this music in the in the breaks and all that. But uh, then he put on Metallica and we heard listen to Tupac and actually Bone Thugs and Harmony, we yeah. lo- if you remember them. Yeah, yeah, we used to listen to them a lot too. Uh, he actually gave me their their CD. He had uh, he had the CD and he gave it to me. But um, that's it's really interesting to think about. It's like like this kid that barely spoke Danish at that at that time. Were you starting to learn it and all that? I can actually attribute to him the fact that I that I started to listen to heavy metal, heavy rock, whatever, and pretty hardcore rap as well. You know, it's like nice. they're definitely dropping the F bomb more than, than once during a song, like all those acts and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and all the start nineties stuff. I got into that later on. Right, right. But it's funny because it was like two parallel lines that were going following me. Rap on the one side one side and metal on the other side. Yeah. And and still to this day I still I have to admit I do listen mostly to rock and, you know, guitar, bass, uh, drums type music. But I do listen to hip hop. I'm just, I just go back to older stuff. I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, you know, no newer stuff. I think uh, his name Hobson. Yeah, Hobson uh, guy. He's uh, he's pretty creative. I think. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He's one of the newer ones that I actually like. So. What's some of your favorite hip hop albums from back in the day? The Art of War, uh, the Bone Thugs and Harmony album. Okay. Uh, that one is uh, still. I I still look it up on Spotify every once in a while, but also uh, Snoop Dogg's uh, Doggy Style. That yeah. album, because I remember listening to that album like I was a kid. Yeah, me like, too. <laughs> you know, kids shouldn't be listening to that stuff, you know. It's like it's some pretty uh, hardcore stuff, and you know, pretty degrading towards women as well, you know, and, and all that stuff. Like, right. Yeah, it's art, you know. But still, um, that one and uh, and Tupac's All Eyes on Me as well. Yeah, that one and uh, Dr. Dre's Chronic 2001. Yeah, that yeah. one. That's like probably the one i've listened to the most yeah uh, i i went to the the library back when you went to the library in denmark and then loaned the cds they were in this weird not in the cover but they were in these weird plastic pockets yeah with, we uh, do that here too yeah. like in, in yeah, you did that. okay okay yeah. i thought it was like well we just did that here right yeah but i found that and i i found that 30 seconds to mars their very first album like the one that nobody knows everybody knows the beautiful lie and onwards yeah but before that they made like a self-titled which was more like space rock kind of thing, <laughs> way more heavier guitars and i found that there as well and papa roach and limp biscuit and all that stuff started coming in as well and so yeah that's uh well the hip-hop albums there 
Hope you got your answer on that. <laughs> right. So, you know, you kind of have like these two influences with, uh, you know, hip hop and rock at an you know, early age. You know, when did you start getting interested in making music? You know, what was sort of like, like the cultural backdrop in, you know, in, in your homeland at the time? You know, how did you, you know, first get started into making music? Well, I, I started listening to, to all that music, uh, in, like I said, in 97 when I was uh, 12, 12 years old. But then it would be way later, like eight years later when I started in uh, not high school, but like, uh, you know, something equivalent. But I started on it late because I dropped out and I wanted to work for some years to make some money. And then I like went back into it. So I was like 19 or 20 or something. Uh, but I remember the, there was the first day of school. There was this uh, this guy called Aspion, very, very Nordic, very Nordic name, Aspion. <laughs> uh, he was the son of uh, two, uh, like, ministers, priests, like both his mom and his father was, uh, you know, church folk. And uh, him and I, we, like, we had a good time. We talked to, to each other and we talked about music a lot. He loved music as well. And he mentioned the bands that he liked and I mentioned the bands that I like. And he, apparently he was very, had like a keen eye or ear or whatever. He noticed the names of the bands that I mentioned. And he had two other friends that were on the, like the second year of this school thing who listened to exactly those bands that I mentioned. And he noticed that. And he went over to those two guys. Hey, I know you two guys, you looking for, didn't, weren't you looking for somebody to, to sing in your band? Yeah. And then they approached me in one of the you know, lunch hour or whatever. And they're like, hey, Jesper, we, uh, Aspion told us that you like a Kill Switch Engage. Told us you liked As Lay Dying and stuff like that, was, you know, back then. And um, said, yeah, like, uh, what's up, guys? You like him too? Nice <laughs> and everything. And then they're like, we want you to sing in our band. And, uh, I was like, like the deer in the headlights. Like, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I don't know how to play anything <laughs> at all, <laughs> let alone sing. I don't know how to do that. Nah, man, you can learn that shit. Right. I was about I to still, ask. I'm I like, wait a minute. When did, I... when did you first uh, realize you could sing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't realize at all because I, I, I couldn't. Uh, it, it just came over time, pretty much. But it's just, I still remember, like, the, the, those words are print, like, printed in my, uh, in my mind, like, yeah, but you can learn that. You can learn it. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Wow. I mean, if, and if you really want to do something, yeah, you can learn it. Just, just try and if you really want it, you will learn it one day, which I did. Uh, wow. Th- that are, was, like, that was, those were later, some, like, know? really cool guys, man. Just be like, yo, just learn it. That's what they said. And I was like, yeah, I, am, I feel kind of lonely in this school. Uh, two new good friends, and we have something to come together around uh, in the right. form of music. And they're pretty good players as well. So uh, uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to them for some time. But uh, they also went on later uh, on uh, playing other bands and stuff like that. Pretty uh, pretty good uh, people and musicians. Yeah. So yeah, that's how, uh, that's how I got into that. Uh, nothing, not, no classical training, uh, no musicians in my immediate family at all. My uncle, he dabbled with some acoustic guitar every once in a while, but that's it. Uh, not much at all. So, uh, yeah, that's just how it happened. <laughs> so now like you're like in, you're going into your twenties, you know, you're starting to learn how to be a vocalist, you know, what's, what's sort of, uh, What's it like in Denmark to be to be a music artist? You know, what's what's the concert like? The concert scene like? What's the small show scene look like? What what you know? What do bands that sound like you do in Denmark at the time? 
Oh, back then? I mean, back then, actually, in, in my hometown, I live in uh, the, the capital city now, uh, Copenhagen. But uh, back then, I lived in, well, in my hometown called Fredericia. Try to try to pronounce that. <laughs> when you're not a Danish speaker, nobody can nobody can pronounce that. Well. But it had a very good hardcore scene actually back then. We even had something called Fredericia Hardcore Festival, okay. which at one point actually about five or six thousand people attended it. Nice in a like this obscure small town of like thirty forty thousand people in in a small country somewhere in Europe. But uh, yeah, it had a lot of great bands, and and the scene was actually very good. And that was around the time when I I was coming out with my band's music and all that. But uh, in the scene in general in Denmark is, uh, you know, we play a niche type of music in a very small country. So the fewer the in the population, this this that may, that much fewer to listen to your music. And when you do niche music, there's even fewer. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. We're like five. We're like five six million, and you in the U.S. you're three hundred twenty million. So there's a bigger chance of you getting some traction and, and all that because there's so many people right but Denmark is so so very tiny you could drive from one end to the other in like less than five hours you know <laughs> that's it so the, the 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 scene is pretty minimal here but uh there have been a lot of great shows though it's it's there's been a lot of really good shows especially in those days in the the hardcore festival thing in uh, my hometown that was some uh some serious uh moshing and crowd killing type of stuff going on and you know i it was um there's crowd surfing but i uh, in my younger days i i was a witness to uh, what i dubbed later on crowd uh, running or crowd walking it's like oh. literally people like walk like running out from the top of the stage like on people's heads or shoulders and then falling right. falling down into the it's like insane stuff kind of miss it especially now with the, <laughs> with all this crap going on now that live shows are not happening so you know so I miss the live shows in general yeah <laughs> no i feel you i feel you man what how did um how did ghost iris come about you know how did why, why did this band form it was uh in uh in 2011 i uh i had a girlfriend in copenhagen and while i was living in my hometown but i was like i'm gonna move to copenhagen now and some dudes over here they uh, they got wind of it you know through the grapevine they got a wind of that oh Jesper's moving here and he he quit his old band because they stayed in his own hometown and he wanted to go on to newer newer and better things and whatever so they they approached me once again two guys approached me <laughs> one of them was uh, one of them was Nicholas the guy who I'm uh, who I'm still with <laughs> in uh, in Ghost Stars uh, when we we started a band called Shaped Shaped Like Swans um but that one lasted for about a year, and then the two other members of the band they wanted to do other things, which they did, and but those failed as well now, you know. But uh, Nicholas and I we stuck together, and uh, we found Sebastian on like a, our drummer on a message board, like a local message board thing where people are talking about metal and stuff uh, in yeah. our very small country. <laughs> and then uh, it just took off from there, and we've had a few other members, but we landed on our final member Daniel uh, on the guitar. So. Uh, that's that's how that happened pretty much. It's because I moved to Copenhagen actually, so they they latched on to me there. You know, thinking about you know those early days when you finally you know different members whatnot kind of solidifying everything. How how does how do, how is the band different then than how they are now? You know, how do you feel like you've grown? You know, with the release of this uh, album Comatose. It's funny that, that you like talk about like how we've grown because yesterday we had rehearsals yesterday and uh, 
it was Nicholas, Sebastian, and I. Daniel is doing some school stuff. He was doing some school stuff, and uh, but we were sitting outside, you know, because it's super hot. And after we played the 50 minute set, and we had to go out and get some air. You know, weather is getting better. We were sitting there talking about the the old days and all that, and the fact that <laughs> back then we just thought we were the shit. We thought we were so good, and now that we look back, like yeah, we were not good at all. We were actually pretty subpar at that that point but we stuck with it and <laughs> we've gotten way better over time so uh, the way i can say it is that like as musicians but also as people and we've gotten older and we're not we're not as full of ourselves as we, <laughs> we were back then <laughs> admittedly we were we remember the very first show we played i had actually forgotten this i thought the first show we played was uh, like at a proper venue but the first one we actually played was when we invited you know just girlfriends friends nearest family i guess and uh and our we had a pretty big rehearsal space at that point like so like a rehearsal space show uh during the summer when it was insanely hot in there and we just we just we played so many songs like like we overstayed our welcome almost <laughs> <laughs> like guys why are you playing all these half finished songs why like are you soon done so we can go out and get some fucking beers <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the feeling. I just remember, like, we thought we were the shit. We 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 were we really. It was a nice feeling, though. You know, like it was. It wasn't hurting anybody. We were just, you know, we had a good time. We felt like we were really good. I mean, we were all right, but we're way better now. Luckily, I mean, that's how it's supposed to go, right? It's supposed to get better, at least. Oh yeah. Progression, not regression, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you do you feel like uh, you know it's helped the band as a whole to like, you know, kind of mellow out? I guess you'd say, you know, from you know those early years thinking you're like we're the shit, this is crazy yeah. to like <laughs> sort of like mellowing out. Like, how do you feel like that's helped the band? Mm, I mean, I think it's made us more more focused with our our songwriting and our uh, our music in general because. Back then, you know, it's a little bit superficial here and there. It's like, oh, guys, we're going to do synchronized headbanging. We were thinking about it that way too much. Whereas now, because we're more experienced, yeah, you know, like thinking like attack, attack, some crap core type stuff, you know, all those moves, if, if you remember all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, we don't think about that much anymore because we've become more experienced and all that stuff, you know, just comes natural. You know, you just do what you want if it feels right on, on stage and all that. So, um yeah, it's made us better musicians. We've found out that it's, you know, superficial stuff does not really matter. Like the music is what really matters. That's what we're we come together for, and we we practice a lot. We practice a lot to like refine and make our our craft uh, as good as it can as good as it can get. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, you know, do you have any final thoughts about you know this new album, Comatose? You know, what do you you know hope your fans get out of this? I hope they, uh, I hope they become pissed, in a way that they will stand up for their rights and not be uh, mindless consumer uh, zombies. And uh, you know, like I said in the very beginning of, of this talk we're having, uh, I said that, you know, don't don't take everything for granted. Take with a grain of salt. You know, like think about what you're told and don't take everything as uh, as you know. What do you say the yeah, don't don't believe everything you hear, right? Yeah. So I hope it's it's a 
it can be like an anthem for people, even in their also people in their everyday when they're if they have a job that that they they hate or if something is going not so well in their life, you know. Right. Take it with you and and uh, let all those negative emotions flow out through the music and get them out of your body because otherwise you will implode. Get it out of your system, you know. Go listen to music. Go work out. Go have a run. Do anything, but do everything else than sitting in your home just because your government tells you to go out and become pissed. That's what I want people to get out of it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. It's been good talking with Jesper. Like before we too, get um, you get out of here. Where can people go online to get more information about Ghost Iris and their new album Comatose? We're very much an Instagram band. We're, uh, our website is not up yet, we're, but we have to get on that. But on our uh, Instagram, Ghost Stars DK, Instagram at uh, Ghost Stars DK, you can go in and we have our, uh, in the bio, that's the only link that you fill in there. Is we have a link tree in there, which is like links to everything that's uh, Ghost Stars. So we're also on YouTube and, uh, of course, all the streaming platforms that you can think of. We're also represented on those. So go check them out and check out Comatose. Thank you for listening to the Fresh of the Word podcast, hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash Fresh of the Word. Fresh of the Word theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imsteveo.bandcamp.com, and that's E-Y-E-A-M-S-T-E-V-E-O.bandcamp.com. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fresh the word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.